I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. So what is that surprise that we're initiating? I mean, it's certainly not going to be me taking my shirt off or anything like that. Welcome back to The Real Brian Show. Oh my gosh, I have the privilege of interviewing a man who offends me greatly. He tasks me. He tasks me and I shall have him. It's time to awaken with JP. Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> She's a nightmare. Actually, you're the nightmare, Ron, little jerk. Let's rock it! Besides, don't we all like Hermione? Isn't that, uh, like, am I right here? I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. She was annoying in the first movie, but, uh, we don't like Hermione? Some of you guys are like, uh, yeah, we like Hermione. Hello. Okay, I don't know. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll pull that one out to see uh, who likes Hermione, who doesn't. Uh, you know, it's it's October, right? Pull out the Harry Potter books and movies and uh, have a little fun because it's October. Isn't that, is it me or am I the only one that uh, watches Harry Potter around this time of year? Or reads or whatever. I mean, like, you know what I mean? You know how you got your little, uh, your fall traditions? It, okay, I'm the only one. I'm the weird one. Sorry, I just, you know, I had to throw it out there. I just want to say thanks for joining me today. I am so excited. It is fall. Oh, man, do I love fall this time of year. And I got to tell you, you know how the pumpkin spice lattes, you know, were out in September. And I'm going, you know, this is too early, people. Come on. I mean, it's like Christmas decorations in July, which, uh, well, actually, that could be kind of cool. But now, uh, you know, I, so I, I had to wait. I couldn't do the whole pumpkin spice latte thing in September. I get into October and finally I'm like, okay. Now I'm ready to have a pumpkin spice latte. But you know what? I know that they don't put real pumpkin and they don't put real spices in the pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. Some coffee shops do, but usually it is espresso, milk, and, uh, you know, syrup. So I thought maybe I should make my own. And I have a recipe that I had forgotten all about, but I have a recipe for actually, uh, it was a Vitamix recipe. And I thought I should use this because it was a chef's recipe that they put into this book. And you know me, I, I roast my own coffee. So I thought, let's take some freshly roasted coffee and let's put this together. And the ingredients, are you ready for this? Yes, the coffee made into espresso, of course. And yes, the actual real pumpkin. Mm. And then real pumpkin spices, you know, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, all the good stuff. And then uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, grass-fed milk if you're going to drink it. So grass-fed milk and then some cream as well. And then, of course, uh, a high-quality white chocolate bar you don't put the whole thing in but it's all proportionate basically to what you're going to make and then you blend it up and oh my gosh oh my gosh <sighs> let's just say hands down the best ever pumpkin spice latte mocha drink whatever you want to call it that i have ever had i mean we're talking glorious nothing comes close <laughs> oh i'm so good okay I do love fall. I mean, you got to admit when you are you know, driving around or whatever, you're outside and you just stop and smell the leaves. I got to tell you, I, I'm looking outside the studio window right now. It is so beautiful. Just love these leaves. I love the colors. Do love fall. Huge fan. All right. Now I, I talked about Spotify last week. I know some of you have, have followed the list and you're following my personal, uh, which I call the shadows 514 mix, which is kind of a old inside thing. Uh, yeah, you're welcome to follow that if you want. I mean, that really is a very personal list as far as it's what I listen to. Emily, who writes the blog posts, as I mentioned, she shares that uh, and she throws some stuff in there periodically. Some of the stuff, you know, you're going to love and some of you're not. So it, that's not necessarily the music list that I'm trying to share publicly, but you are definitely welcome to follow that. It's going to be fun. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge music nerd. So anytime you want to share some music, let's rock it. And if you don't care about music, then fine. No worries. I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to the first The Real Brian Show Patreon supporters. You guys jumped in fast. That was so awesome. I really appreciate it. My goodness. Carl, Glenn, Jody, Josh, Mark, and Gary and Margaret. Thank you. 
thank you so much for supporting The Real Brian Show and getting this thing off the ground. We are rocking it. We're going to keep this thing moving. We're going to keep growing. I have so much planned for this show. So much. And I'm excited. So thank you very much for your support and for helping out. I think it's time to talk with JP here. I mean, where do I even start with a man like this? Well, for one, I was introduced to him and his videos by a, uh, a friend of mine. His name's Rob Dog. That's that's his birth name. Anyway, he has a gluten sensitivity, and he, he sent me this video and said, you need to watch the video called How to Become Gluten Intolerant. And yes, you heard me right. So if you're not familiar with JP, this is actually an instructional video on how to become gluten intolerant. For those of you who would like to enhance your life, become a better person, and shove it in your friends and family's face. How to become gluten intolerant. Well, my mom is actually celiac, and that's true. Rob Dog is, is sensitive, like actually does have some physical issues with it. Uh, but anyway, we watched this video. We laughed and watched it again and laughed again. And, uh, and then I started to share it. Huh. So I guess it was that good to share, huh? You kind of wonder, like, what causes something to be shareable? You, you, know, you know you know, what I'm saying? Like, what goes viral? Why did things go viral? Why do we share things? Why do we care? That's a topic for another time. It's very dry humor, tongue in cheek, satirical, whatever you want to call it. The thing about dry humor is I feel like it's kind of a lost humor form. We don't see a lot of dry humor anymore. You used to see it a lot with movies like Airplane, Naked Guns, some of those. You just don't see that kind of stuff anymore. It's kind of in-your-face humor now. Like I have to evoke something or I have to throw something at you really intense to make you laugh now because the subtleties are lost. I could be the only one thinking about that. But my point is, JP, brilliant man. Listen to the subtleties. You catch them. It's wonderful. So I watched more of his videos. I liked him. I reached out to him and I said, dude, I need to have you on The Real Brian Show. He says, of course, I'd love to be on. Got a really nice email and then uh, found out he was actually going to be at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest back in August in San Jose. And I said, we got we to gotta hang out. We got to meet. And I had a great opportunity to actually chat with him uh, and behind stage too, even we were just chatting. And then he proceeded to uh, insult me. It was awesome. A little bit about JP. He actually started off in the world of what he calls emotional healing, which is basically helping people deal with past issues, traumas, struggles, pain, loss, etc. It's very, very cool. I like that, that he's sitting down with people and helping. And then he brings comedy into the whole thing. I consider the man to be a comedian. Uh, maybe not a stand-up comedian in the traditional term, but definitely a comedian. He knows what he's talking about. And so we're going to have him come in. First of all, just to give you a little bit of a heads up, he's coming in in character as J.P. Sears from Awaken with J.P. And then we'll, uh, as he likes to put it, remove the headband and we'll actually talk with J.P. as the real person to hear a little bit more about his story, how he became J.P. as an Awaken with J.P. J.P., welcome to The Real Brian Show. Well, thank you, Brian. I'm sure it's a real pleasure for you to have me here. You know, I, I, I don't think I could have said it better. I appreciate that. You know, you're... Your being here is uh, is is the reason I started this show. Yeah, I my intuition told me you were going to say that, but yeah, I'm I'm happy that I could help you fulfill your self fulfilling prophecy. Well, you know, uh, people have called me a prophet, but um, I don't agree with them. So anyway, uh, by the way, I'll send you the invoice uh, from this show because oh. I've got to make my profit too. Sure, I love that. I love that. So, do you watch the prophet, the actual show? I, no, I don't watch TV. Um, okay. I, it's not uh, self-fulfilling enough. That's true, not know, spiritual. I, yeah, I've, I've got a mirror set up where a TV should be, and I, but I watch uh, that for hours every day. That's a great idea. Oh, sorry, you, you know, you got me thinking about it. I like that. Well, I tell you what, I really appreciate you taking the time today, and I'm, I'm excited to uh, you know, hear how you're embracing your inner nerd. But I have to ask you this. So my wife's a vegan, uh, or at least she mostly vegan. And um, I, I showed her your video on, you know, if, if uh, and, I, and this is a, tr- this is a true story. I showed her the video on if, if meat eaters acted like vegans or vegetarians or I don't know, but she's, she's almost vegan. Did you even watch the video, Brian? It sounds <laughs> like you didn't even read the title. I didn't really read the title, but I watched the video. I tried to not pay attention to details. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, it was, uh, uh, she was so offended by it. And, and I was laughing the whole time because, uh, no, actually, she laughed too. But um, I find that very interesting because, you know, she's one of those that chooses it based on health and other things. But, uh, you know, we've been around those people that are exactly like you describe. Yeah. 
Well, that's too bad. I think people have no business choosing veganism for health purposes. The true purpose of veganism, of course, is to assert our dominance onto other people. And I think what I'm about to say uh, is a fact, in my opinion, and it's a fact that it's my opinion that it's a fact that there's basically two types of people in this world. There's vegans and then there's bad people. And that's no judgment. Hmm. It's just an observation. And, uh, you know, I've been a a vegan for uh, several lifetimes now, and I'm getting great results. Really? And I've found, uh, yeah, I found I actually really enjoy hunting as well. Oh. Uh, But, uh, you know, I don't do anything unethical. I don't eat the animals. I just let them rot on the forest floor because... Not only do I think it's wrong to eat animals, I think it's wrong to be an animal. And I think that's something that everybody can get behind and support, whether you're a vegan or you're a bad person. So you're saying that really humans are at the top of the food chain and that everything else is is not only like, well, it's wrong, like you said. Yeah, I think uh, humans are definitely superior to animals. I think uh, as a vegan, I do believe that plants are superior to humans. So I think undoubtedly plants are truly at the top of the food chain. And I've gone through some challenging times in my life because, you know, as a vegan, I really had a come to Jesus moment when I realized that I'm made out of meat. And it, mm. it really, yeah, I yeah. thank you for that yeah. sympathy. I, I, it was very hard for me to come to terms with. But then as I was going through lots of dark night of my own soul over being a vegan made out of meat, I realized I'm not made out of meat. Who I truly am at the core of my being, I'm a plant. So like plant I'm, flesh? Yeah, I'm a plant trapped inside of a human oh, body. Okay. So if, if you see human flesh around me, then you're obviously just not willing to see the real me. So is it kind of like the movie Men in Black, you know, and all the real the real stuff is underneath a human, like whatever, host? Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? It's sort, yeah, sort of like it's, that? It's like that, but I wasn't trying to be as racist as you. I was just trying to visualize it, you know? I Brian, I don't even see colors. I don't I don't even I don't see colors. I don't see genders. I don't even see species. I'm very species fluid. So I don't like to divide people into colors or divide living beings into different species. So I'm you know, I, I'm I'm doing okay with this negative energy that you're putting out because I'm praying for you. Well, I'll try to work e- on Even it. though you don't deserve it. Yeah. It's not a judgment again, just an observation. No, that's okay. I mean, it kind of goes back to the whole, you know, time zone difference that, you know, our calendars have a tendency to do and, and my calendar switched the time on me. Uh, and, and I was, I was apologizing, but, um, you know, you've, you've since coached me off air, which I appreciate that, you know, I really should never take responsibility for my own actions that I, I always should blame someone else for everything that, that I do wrong. Right. Is, is yeah. that Okay. Most of it goes back to childhood and, you know, our problems today go back to childhood and therefore everything in our uh, life today that's going wrong is our parents' fault. Well, that's usually what we're supposed to blame everything on. So, you know, going back to your veganism thing, I must be a bad person. I'm not a vegan. I'm actually, uh, uh, as your your video put it, a meditarian. Admission, by the way, is the first step to getting better. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm working on becoming an aquatarian though. That's my, my thing. I'm just going to yeah. skip veganism. Uh, there's a lot of chlorine and water nowadays and fluoride. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't recommend drinking water. So just eat vegetables, but don't vegetables have water in them or is that a myth? It's, uh, I think it's a myth. Typically, what I find inside my vegetables is the inside of the vegetables. Uh It's kind of like, you know, if you're looking inside your shoe, you find the inside of your shoe. But if you find water on the inside of your shoe, then you're probably underwater. I'm speaking all in metaphors right now. So if people are listening to this, trying to follow it literally, it'll sound like I'm talking about nothing but if you listen to it metaphorically, then you'll realize that symbolically I'm talking about everything. So what inspired you to go into the world of spiritualism? And, you know, I mean, you embrace so many things. I mean, we talk about embracing your inner nerd and it's like, 
you know, you, you create these videos and, uh, uh, for some reason people say, you know, oh my gosh, this guy is so funny. And I'm like, why he's, he's serious. Like he's actually trying to tell you something you need to, you need to stop laughing and listen is what I keep telling everybody. Yeah. There's, there's nothing funny about the videos and yeah. Yeah. You know why I got into doing the videos is all the great sages throughout the ages. I mean, going back to Buddha, Lao Tzu, and other people with longer beards, even who lived in even more ancient times and walked with even, you know, more wooden sticks. Uh, I think that's a great image. Yes. You know, they, uh, in the great tradition of all of them, I too decided to start a YouTube channel. Mm. I mean, and re- honestly, I've surpassed how many subscribers Buddha ever had. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. You know, I, my videos are, aren't backlit like Lao Tzu's videos were. So I, I really wanted to follow in the great tradition of the ancients. But who invented YouTube? Was it Buddha or Lao Tzu? I think it was Google. Oh. And Google is a one. I'm not sure if you know this, Brian. Google is one with a hundred zeros behind it. Interesting. So that that's how old Google is. Wow. So YouTube's been around... Uh, I don't know uh, how many years, but approximately like a Google years, which is um, older than the earth is. But of course, uh, Google and YouTube exist in cyberspace, not the earth. Mm, Interesting. Interesting. So now when, uh, so you followed the tradition of Google uh, or I'm sorry, of the, the greats basically. But, you know, since Google started YouTube and has been around for however long. You know, they're you know. really the greats. I, I'm exaggerating. They were kind of like mediocres. Oh, uh, okay. The mediocres. Yeah. Okay. So you followed their tradition in a way that you can assert your dominance. You've mentioned that and tell people what they should do. Is that is that correct? You, you know, I'm telling people what they should tell themselves to do. Interesting. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, you know, when you tell someone what to do, they know that you have power over them. But if you tell someone to tell themselves what to do, you have power over them, but they think they have the power. So that's important in order to maintain power over people. And of course, it's for their own good. Uh, I think one of the accidents in life is that some people have their own free will And that kind of makes them want to live their way. And it makes them want to think their thoughts. So, yeah, I do my best to invite people in a demanding way to know what they should think. Very interesting. Yeah, it's a great sacrifice. It really is. And I appreciate uh, all of your wonderful praise on uh, this light that I'm bringing the world. Well, you know, I've learned so much from you and, you know, it's not just about bringing you on because you're a cool person and all it's, you know, about bringing you on because of, you know, my, uh, wow. I mean, the things I've learned and, and the reason this show exists is because of your teachings. So thank you. You're welcome. Now essential oils. I mean, you have so many great teachings through your videos, but I'll tell you essential oils, uh, uh, I was offended by that because um, I'm actually I'm offended. I'm offended that you were offended. <laughs> no, I really wasn't. Actually, I liked it, and it was a it was a good video. I'm offended that you weren't offended. Oh, but you know, is, so would you recommend that that we should all be offended at people? Is there anything that we? I mean, we can do to kind of uh, bring up our offense. You know what I'm saying? Like people just forgive. <sighs> yeah, you know, do we need more offensiveness in the world? I'm not going to give you the answer, but I think the answer is yes. I, it's just, I think there is something fascinating going on on Facebook present day. And when, when people take to Facebook to try to convince their friends who they should vote for, which by the way, that's such an effective technique. Nearly 100% of the time when you go on Facebook and give reasons why one candidate is bad and the other is good. It changes the minds of people who watch it, yeah. who, who look at that post 100% of the time. And I think it's with great cause that we would get offended if they mm. have a different opinion than us. I mean, who are they to have their own opinion 
when we posted our opinion on Facebook. It's like they act like they didn't even read it. Yeah. I, I don't understand that, Brian. You know, JP, I appreciate you talking about that because uh, I, I uh, would not consider myself to be really involved in the politics. But I mean, let's face it, it's immersing and people, I mean, everywhere are talking about it. They're mad. They're angry. You know, this candidate's better. No, this candidate's better. I don't like either one of them. You know, the opinions go around. And of course, this is not a political podcast. But at the same time, I do I do believe that there's something to be said about how we should handle the scenario, the situation, um, how we should handle each other. You know, when they're asserting their opinions on us, like you're saying, um, yeah. what kind of advice would you have for us as we navigate our way through this election? Yeah, type in all caps. It's the most powerful way for people to understand your opinion. You know, you do your regular post and some people disagree. Well, do the same post again, but all capital letters. Interesting. That's what's important. And okay. I understand why people get their panties in a bunch, uh, so to speak. And by the way, I apologize if I've offended people who don't wear underwear. And I'm not really sorry, but I just wanted to act like I am. You know, on, in this this candidacy, because I, I understand that the only thing you ever want to talk about, Brian, is politics. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a people person. I can tell that about you. But I understand this election is tough because on the one hand, we have a dangerous, corrupt, brutal man. And then on the other side, uh, the Republicans have Donald Trump. And he's just like, W. Bush, except he expresses his lack of intelligence with more self-confidence. So, yeah, it, it's tough for people to know who to vote for. So what's your advice then? Uh, Gandhi. Uh, vote for Gandhi. Absolutely. Look at what he did for India. Never before in history has someone been able to manipulate the, a, a single nation as much through self-mutilation and starvation and not wearing pants as Gandhi did. So would that be considered writing in then? Is that how that works? Yeah, I think you can write in or maybe draw uh, draw his face in relatively simple features okay. because he didn't have hair and not many teeth as well. Well, so, so if, if he didn't have hair, you could just draw a little circle, right? And then fill that in as an addition? Yeah, yeah the smiley face was uh, uh, modeled off of Gandhi. Interesting. Uh, except they, you know, the I think it was the gluten industrial complex changed it to be a yellow smiley face. It's you know a little bit of you know, they didn't want to accept Gandhi for his God given race, but you know America, do you know why you should vote for Gandhi? Because he's getting hungry. Mm, I love this. Yeah. Well, JP, thank you for your wisdom. I really appreciate it. And uh, now I'd like to ask you some serious questions. Mm. <laughs> Well, the, head, <laughs> the headbands come off, Brian. The headbands thank you for thank you for dealing with that guy oh. who, that you were just talking to. Thank you. I, I got to be honest. I had my mic muted for probably ninety percent of that. I was trying not to laugh audibly. <laughs> I didn't want that to come through. I wanted it to be as serious as possible. It, it felt serious. Oh my gosh. Now, okay, so now we're on the real series. This is the real JP that we're talking to now. The character is is gone for a few minutes. He's uh, yeah, he's out to lunch. Okay, uh, well. out hunting his vegetables with a bow and arrow. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, being in character for the first part of the show, though, because I was really hoping we could have that opportunity. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! Thank thank you for being weird enough to want to have a little fun together. <clears throat> well, hopefully, I was able to respond well. I didn't know I, I didn't want to laugh and and look like I was an idiot at the same time. I wanted this to try to be as serious as possible. And I'm like, I don't know how to respond to this. Uh, well, I think the good news is we both look like uh, idiots. Well, that's good. So we were both. <laughs> horrible together right exactly and it's that's called synergy synergy i love that <laughs> we got to work on doing a show together sometime so i'll tell you what i i really do want to hear the story about how this all came about which i know you're going to share at some point but um it was cool you know we had a uh, i reached out to you prior to heroes and villains fan fest but then i was so so encouraged to to actually meet you in person which was neat. And then we got to hang out and do some talking and, and just kind of find a little bit out about why, you know, the whole JP Sears character has come about awaken with JP sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a little, just a teeny bit of a glimpse into that. And it's so cool. So I do want to hear that story. Um, I talk about embracing your inner nerd, yeah. which is the idea. What do you nerd out about? What do you geek out about? Everybody does. And then 
those who usually are able to kind of, you know, truly embrace that and then capitalize on that in a way that, you know, they can unleash their superhero, become the best of them and, and impact the world around them. You know, I know you're doing that and it's cool. Um, like I said, you shared a little bit of your story that this has been about a, am I correct? 15 year journey. Is that right? Yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah. I've been doing the comedy for two years, but mm-hmm. that that's just been a, you know, recent fruit that the tree has been growing. Um, yeah, but the tree, uh, in this tree like analogy is yeah about 15 years old is how long I've been doing, uh, what I do. I love it. So your 15 year overnight success, which is what, you know, <laughs> Don't you love that? Oh, no. He's an overnight success. It just <laughs> took 15 years to get to that overnight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I hear it all the time. You know, the other thing too is, man, you know, your voice is amazing. You do so well behind the mic, man. You totally were born with that. I'm like, <laughs> yep. And yep. First day on the job then, I guess. I, I, dude, I was speaking into a microphone in the crib. I mean, come on. That's how we roll. So yeah. tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, your inner nerd and uh, the things you've nerded and geeked out about how this all got started. Yeah. You know, my inner nerd, I think what I nerd out the most about is really creativity, uh, videos. I mean, it, it really is a passion of mine. And, and I, I, I love your, your term, like, what do you nerd out about? I think mm-hmm. that's like embracing, like, the idea of like, yes, be a nerd. It's, it's not only okay, but it's a great thing. What do you uh, what are you a nerd about? I think it's like essentially giving us permission to follow our passions and not apologize for. It. But yeah, uh, nonetheless, videos and creating is that's really where my passions are at. Uh, there, I do believe there's a I don't know if it's just like a, a voice in my head or some other kind of spiritual thing. I don't know. But I do believe there's some kind of a creative muse. Mm. And, you know, doing the dance with that muse, letting the creativity flow through, getting in a way almost obsessed with different nuances of my art and expressing it and, and expressing little uh, you know, things that I see happening in the world through the context of my art, my videos, my comedy that man, I, it just really speaks to me. And uh, yeah, I'm not afraid to admit that's a big time part of my life. And I think how I got started, you know, with the videos, I, the background of 15 years, I've been doing emotional healing coaching with people for that long. Then just the past two years, while I still do that, I found a way to express my perspectives in a different way aside from just you know making straightforward sincere life advice videos or just doing uh, you know healing work with people mm-hmm. I, I found a way to use the language of humor to express ideas opinions and just my delusional points of view and you know i've always had a sense of humor as a kid that's how i dealt with pain i would mm. make jokes i would make people laugh and when they would laugh i'd feel significant and that would help me momentarily escape a, a a deeper inner sense of insignificance that i didn't know how to deal with otherwise yeah the humor had always been a part of my life but on the professional front i didn't allow myself to essentially geek out about humor i actually mm told myself a story and worse yet, I believed the story that said letting my humor out in a more public way on videos, that would be bad for business. Interesting. That would make people not want to work with me. I would lose respect. And uh, eventually, I guess I just got sick and tired of being a slave to that story. It's kind of like, I, I can't not be me any longer. And, and of course, what I was doing before, it was, it was expressing a part of me, but there is this other real part of me that sees life through humor. So it's like I have a left hand and a right hand. They're both parts of me, and I, I can't just leave one hand tied my, behind my back forever. I've done that long enough. So I decided to take a risk of you know, let me just be more me and let me actually geek out about my humor and expressing that rather than avoiding that. And, you know, it turns out I was wrong. That's actually mm-hmm. been super good for business. But more importantly, it's just been an incredibly satiating inside. You know, we all sometimes hear the uh, term inner fulfillment. Mm-hmm. It has 
been something that's brought a lot of inner fulfillment to me. You, it, it's been my art form. And before that, I, I didn't have much of an art form. Mm. You know, wow. That's, uh, I, I'm really glad you shared that because, um, I mean, I know I'm not the only one personally too, but that, that does kind of resonate with me even that, uh, you know, I've, I've always had, I'm not a stand up comedian kind of person at all, but, um, you know, I, I use humor to make people smile, give them joy, um, sometimes yeah. deflect situations just like sure. you were talking about, but it is, it is who I am. And I'm, I usually call myself, I'm, I'm irreverent, but I'm respectful. If you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm never going to disrespect somebody ever. So, you know, I'm not like going to do racist jokes or anything, but at the yeah. same, well, you do them well though. That's the thing. The way you do them is funny. Uh, and it doesn't actually <laughs> if like hurt anyone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, so I understand that, but I have always had that concern that if I really let it out, like I'd like to, that it would, uh, like you just said, you know, it would either be bad for business or you'd lose respect or whatever. And that's interesting. That's, that's very interesting. I've had very similar thoughts as you were expressing. Yeah. You know, I, I think in the end, and this is just one redhead's delusional opinion. I think in the end, we never lose when we are ourselves. I think in the bigger picture of life, being ourselves and not apologizing for it is always a win. And I know in the more the microcosm of life, when we're in the moment looking at a specific decision and like, oh, how being myself here, letting my humor come out here, my brain is freaking sophisticated. So it can come up with all these rationalizations Mm -hmm. about why this would be bad, why it would hurt us hurt our career potential, whatever, as mine did plenty. Yet, I think our mission, in fact, uh, you know, I'll own it. My mission, to the best of my ability, is to not be a slave to those rational voices. And, you know, and Brian, because I know you, I very much know that you have a good heart. And I loved your uh, what you said about you aim to be irreverent, but but respectful with humor. Mm-hmm. And that's my aim as well. I think humor really, it's a, a powerful energy, if you will, almost an alchemist. And you being a good person, I think that implies you inherently know humor can help and it can hurt. It depends totally. on how you're using it. You can hurt people and other people are going to laugh. However, you know, we have to go to bed and, you know, live with ourselves. We have to sleep in our own company. And I don't want that, you know, so for me as well, my humor, my intention is always to help, never to hurt. And I also realize that in order to help people, just kind of like if you've got to go to the doctor and whatever, get surgery, you've got a condition, they've got to remove something, sometimes to help there needs to be some cutting. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I think actually the the most therapeutic humor shows us things about ourselves, shows us things about our mind, shows us things about our unconscious that are there, but we haven't known are there. And that can be incredibly uncomfortable and confronting and honestly downright scary. And therefore, when we're scared, we can have the the anger reaction expressed through I'm offended. How dare you say that about me? Yeah, for sure. Now, and I think to be balanced, people can be offended when we're trying to hurt them and they can be offended when they're being helped. Uh, when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, sometimes you're going to blame the mirror. But thank God the mirror is showing you you. Uh, so I think sometimes... Uh, in fact, maybe not sometimes, but I just do think, period, that the most unhelpful humor will never offend anybody. Yeah. You know, there's the saying, I don't know who said it, but I'm sure it was someone. So pretend it's a weighty statement. But someone <laughs> along the line said the surest path to failure is trying to please everybody all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, trying to speak our truth as we see it to me is the priority because that's how we hold up a mirror for other people to potentially help themselves. And sometimes that means people need to be offended and other times they're absolutely not offended. And they, they, they make some kind of interconnection while they're entertained by this alchemist of humor. Yeah, I really, my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's, I think you're right. And I think, um, you know, even like you said, like we, we only have, 
our experiences. No one else has those. So, you know, we have to share those and we share life through our eyes, through what we've experienced. Yes. Um, sometimes we're wrong, but it's what we know, right? And we sure. do the best to continue to navigate through that. Um, but you're right. People do get offended easily. And even if it's not intended to be offense, and I think there's a, or, or there's something that somebody else did to them years ago. So they automatically project it on someone else, whatever that may yeah, be. But I absolutely. agree with you that sometimes, um, well, I mean, nothing, nothing good is easy. I keep saying that like all the time. Uh, and as a result, I feel like so many people want to avoid pain, which doesn't help. You know, sometimes yeah. pain is not, like you said, it's necessary. You go to the doctor. Sometimes you got to cut. Sometimes you got to do your thing. So I, I appreciate the fact that, well, okay. Every good story has tension. In order to have resolve, right? Right on. And maybe the most interesting story we'll ever be a part of is this story called Our Life. And I think avoiding the attention is sometimes what can reduce our quality of life. Avoiding tension within our psyche, within some context of our life, is sometimes what can create reoccurring patterns of self-sabotage relationship yeah. dysfunction patterns, you know, career dissatisfaction, money troubles, uh, whatever it is. But I think it's the, the tension never hurts us. It can be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It can actually hurt, but it's not going to injure us. Uh, but I think it's the avoidance of the hurt, the tension, the discomfort that actually can injure us. So what started you on this whole emotional healing path? I mean, what was it in your life that you said, you know, I, I want to help others with this? Oh, man. Yeah, I was so arrogantly projecting my need for emotional healing onto other people. Mm. And that played out as the desire of I, I want to help other people, you know, heal their heart. And I'm a good person and I'm put together. So I want to help other people do it. And I'm very grateful I had that very arrogant perspective because it got me into uh, beautiful learning environments where I'm working with powerful teachers and, you know, like really wise human beings, not mm -hmm. just academics. And part of their, you know, their wisdom is they know that you you have to live this kind of work. You can't just know it in your head and apply it to others. So Nonetheless, as I started learning about emotional healing work, and then I had to start applying it to myself in very meaningful ways. So working with these teachers, I quickly found out, wow, I really need what I want to give people. And it was mm. definitely very humbling, very uncomfortable, painful, honestly. It was actually me uh, essentially tricking myself to stumble in to my own inner tension that I was avoiding. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, there's an old saying that says, you know, we, we teach what we need to learn the most. <laughs> so that's yeah. why I got into this work. I really needed to learn it for me. Interesting. Interesting. So you started doing that. Um, and I like, I like the way you call it emotional healing. I don't think I've actually heard that term before, um, you know, heroes and villains, but it was, it made a lot of sense to me because I feel like a lot of time, I mean, so many, so many people go through traumatic situations or, struggles or even like you said, self-sabotage, you know, whatever it may be, we, we each deal with dumb, bad stuff, et cetera, whatever, <laughs> sure. you know, and I would have to say that most people never actually heal through it, process through it, deal with it, you know? Uh, and it's been interesting because, you know, I've had a, a number of people in the last few years, even who have lost people close to them or yeah. dealt with a traumatic situation. Um, and a hundred percent of the time it's two camps. It's those who deal with it. They process through it. They get the healing, whatever it is that they need to, you know, to get through that. And yeah, you know, the pain never goes away. You never lose the memory. You never forget, but you move on in life. Yeah. And then there's those that never deal with it, never heal through it. And it, it haunts them for the rest of their life. And I've never seen it any other way. It's one or the other. Yeah. Um, I think it's so important. Uh, I agree with that. I think that which we avoid controls us. Yeah. You know, our whole life can eventually become nothing but an avoidance strategy where everything we do, why we do it, it's all geared around avoiding this thing that's actually inside of us. We take it with us everywhere we go. We don't necessarily feel it all the time, or maybe we feel it never because we're numb. Therefore, we can have the conscious illusion that it's not there. Yet, if we actually opened our eyes, we'd realize, wow. 
my whole life is being influenced by avoiding this pain that's inside of me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, jumping into it with vulnerability, it doesn't feel good. However, that is what's healing. And I think that is what enlivens our hearts. Yeah, It really is. And, and I do think there's two types of people in this world, uh, those who are wounded and then those who are in denial of their wounds. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I do believe that. And, and, you know, I don't at all want to make this sound like, oh, gosh, JP and Brian, they're pessimistic guys. They're just saying <laughs> life is a bunch of hard crap. Get no, used to it. Not at all. Yeah, not, not yeah. at all. I think life would be shallow if we didn't have our wounding. It's, how would you ever grow and get stronger psychologically and at your heart level? It's just like if you want your muscles to get bigger, get stronger, you have to wound them. When you go to the gym and lift weights, what you are doing is breaking your muscle cells down. That's called wounding. Uh, And there's a paradox of nature. You can only grow as strong as your wounding is deep. Now, most of us at a psychological level, we spill out of our childhood with all the wounding we'll need for the rest of our life. We've got, I think one of the reasons why life takes so long is because we need that much time to process what's happened in our childhood or even our birthing experience. Uh, So I don't think we need to go inflict wounding on ourselves. I think it's all there to be discovered. And, you know, we live through challenges. I I like to call challenges are things that we sort of process in real time. We don't really carry that pain with us. But a wound is something where it's like, okay, I, I went through something, whether it was a kid or yesterday, and I couldn't really digest that experience emotionally in real time. So I still carry some of the residues. I might be avoiding it or I might be working on it. And then, of course, you know, uh, the most intense form uh, over challenging than wounding would be a trauma. And a trauma is you know, a more severe wound. Mm-hmm. We've been cut much deeper and much like when we're physically traumatized, that's typically what requires uh, someone else to help us. Yeah. Um, you know, if you went, you know, if you're suffering a heart attack, which is obviously a big time physical trauma, you're not going to be able to work on yourself. You need the assistance, at least temporarily, of a doctor to help set you straight, get you out of the uh, deep water that you're swamped in. So, yeah, we all have our various degrees of pain. And I think at the time that we encounter our pain, we have the experience it's our greatest curse. Yet yeah. our future self, I think if we can open our hearts to it, what was once our great curse then becomes one of our greatest gifts. It's what allows us to become stronger, more authentic, and grow deeper into ourself, which I think is really where our strength comes from. You know, I agree. You know, it's uh, it's interesting, the, 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 the traumas that I've been through have helped me to understand people better, have helped me to step back. Why do people do what they do? Have grace for others, you know, when they yeah. make mistakes. I, you know, I was judgmental until I screwed up, till I messed up, till I went yeah. through my traumas, you know? So I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, going back to, you know, you said we're not, we're not trying to be negative and I totally agree because one of the reasons I talk about unleashing the superheroes because I love superheroes. And, and so I, you, if you look at any superhero origin story, it is never easy. Every one yeah. of them deals with some kind of trauma or pain in their life that helps them to become the true hero that the world needs. And that's why I love this idea of really unleashing your superhero because it's the idea of how do you become the best you? How do you mm. fulfill that mission and that purpose that you have so that you can be the hero that the world needs? Yeah, right on it. I I love your perspective right there. And I agree a hundred percent, not that you need me to agree, but (laughs) yeah, how brilliant is it that the strength, the courage, the gifts that a superhero brings to the world wouldn't be possible if they didn't have their pain. You know, Batman is Bruce Wayne. His parents got shot in front of him. Spider-Man, his uncle dies in front of him. Mm -hmm. Superman, his whole planet and family was blown up. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I love superheroes is because they represent archetypes and archetypes are something that are embedded in human psychology period. So I do firmly believe as well, we all have our 
inner superhero. Mm -hmm. And I think those of us who love to watch superhero movies, comics, shows, it's because we love connecting to this aspect of ourself that we feel, that we're sensing when we're watching the show. You know, we're not literal with it, but it's very much energetically there a part of us, in my opinion. So I'm going to ask kind of a, a, a threefold question really quickly, but you know, I'm not, what do you think holds people back from, you know, unleashing their superhero, which goes back to the whole, you know, deflection basically, but also how were you able to overcome that to unleash yours? And, and then what kind of advice would you have going forward for others? Yeah. Uh, here's my biased point of view. What holds people back, including what, uh, held me back as well as where I still have a lot of progress to make is avoiding our feelings vulnerability, I think, is the most under-consumed nutrient on planet Earth. So vulnerability is essentially feeling our feelings. It's when we feel weak, we actually allow that. We become okay with not feeling okay. And just like the Buddha allegedly said, this too shall pass. But we go into it. So paradoxically, allowing our sense of weakness to be there is what, in my opinion, makes us truly strong. Mm. And then I, I think uh, you know one of the other aspects of the question, what's helped me in addition to working on getting in touch with my feelings, and uh, that's an ongoing journey, yeah. is yeah. becoming friends rather than enemies with discomfort. Hmm. Doing something that makes me uncomfortable every day and learning to differentiate there is uncomfortability and then there are things that are harmful to me Sure, and they are different. Sometimes things that are going to be harmful to me will be uncomfortable. Yes. But realizing just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's harmful to me. I remember I, whatever it was, maybe back in 2002 or 2003, first time I did any real public speaking, that was very uncomfortable. And just the idea of saying yes to it was very uncomfortable it was very good for me. It was uncomfortable as well. And if I wouldn't have been willing to go into that you know, uncomfortability of it, there would be many, many, many doors that have opened in my life that never would have opened. Um, so I think becoming friends with discomfort. Uh, Brene Brown, she's a wonderful author, writes a lot on vulnerability. She says he or she who's willing to become the most uncomfortable is not only the bravest, but rises the highest. Mm. So embracing uncomfortability, I think the meaning, the purpose that we all are so hungry for to experience in our life, in other words, like our inner superhero, our powers, uh, I don't think that's inside of our comfort zone. I don't think it's found inside of our comfort zone. I think it's found outside of our comfort zone. Uh, so Unless we're willing to get uncomfortable, we'll never leave our uh, comfort zone. And I'm not at all advocating unrealistic expectations of live 24-7 outside of your comfort zone. No, sure, sure. Like leave base camp and then come back to it for a while. Leave base camp, hike higher up the mountain into parts unknown where you've never been before, and then you can come back to base camp. Uh, but I think it's the continual hero journey further up the mountain that's very important to have active. You know, I, I honestly, I completely agree with you on this because so many people say, you know, uh, embrace and conquer your fears and then they usually stop there. But, yeah. um, I think the way that you differentiated it, I completely agree that doing things that are uncomfortable for us is good as long as they're not harmful. And I think that's, Absolutely. that's where people never, ever differentiate. They always, Oh, just go for it. And I'm like, dude, some of those things are not good to do, you know? Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. That's very, very helpful. All right. Well, my last question for you here, uh, and then I know you gotta go, uh, cause you, you've actually answered my encouragement question. So thank you for that. Um, really is, uh, where you're going with, with your videos and your humor, you know, you said you finally embraced that you've, you've released that it's been great for your business. Um, but where are you going and, and what are you working on next slash wanting to work on next? Yeah. Well, what's most important to me is to stay true to, uh, my creativity and how that's expressed, uh, I have not much attachment to. So uh, how it'll be expressed in the near future, certainly continuing to do YouTube videos. 
I've written a book that's written completely through the comedic perspective of my ultra spiritual character. Nice. Uh, that book is called How to Be Ultra Spiritual. Uh, shameless plug, it's available uh, on pre-order on Amazon now. And I've also signed on with a, a TV production company in LA mm-hmm. where we're in the process of you know, the early stages, but in the process of developing a show on my character. And uh, that to me, it's a very uncomfortable. And uh, it's also my heart says yes to it. It's a new realm of creative potential that I'm enjoying the uh, journey of. Nice. Are you allowed to share what it's called or when, how we're going to be able to find it? That's a good question. Uh, I'm not even sure what it will be called, and you okay. definitely can't find it anywhere yet. Okay. Uh, right now, we're uh, in the process of shopping the show around, actually just starting the shopping process to gotcha. networks. No guarantees that it'll get picked up and go anywhere, yet we're definitely putting um, uh, some energy behind it. Nice. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this, and uh, I wish we had more time, but it's uh, it's the way it works. But how do we get in touch with you and and what do you want to share with us specifically that we can go see right now beside your book? Yeah, well, you can uh, uh, check out my YouTube channel or Facebook page. I post my videos there. Both are awakenwithjp.com. And uh, yeah, I invite, invite you to just take a look at some of the recent videos. If one, uh, whichever one strikes your fancy the most, the title of it, I'd invite you to check that out. And if you feel horribly offended by me, then uh, you'll want to avoid going to those places online. (laughs) I love them. They're so great. I actually haven't watched them all yet, but you know, I I do what I can. And with the time I have, man, I appreciate it. The humor is amazing. It is dry humor, which I appreciate. You don't see a lot of that anymore. And it's so refreshing. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks so much for being on the show and taking time today, man. Oh, you're so welcome, Brian. Thank you for having me on brother. And I'll be looking forward to you and I talking again sometime soon. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Well, if you have never gone to awaken with JP on YouTube, checked out his videos, do I've not even watched them all. If you can believe that, uh, I've, I've watched quite a few of them, but there's still more coming out. Awaken with links in the show notes, but go there. But JP, thanks so much for being on man. Definitely could have uh, talked a lot longer, but I appreciate the time you gave. I would love for you to go check out real and uh, bookmark it, read Emily's blog posts. Thank you again, Emily, for doing that. Thank you, Josh, for editing this episode. And thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your week. I'm The Real Brian signing off. See ya. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.